Embrace's Flutter SDK is the ultimate tool for mobile developers. With its easy integration and comprehensive insights, you can get a complete picture of your app's performance and user behavior. You can monitor your app's startup time, network requests, and user sessions all in one place. But what really sets Embrace apart is their focus on actionable insights. Their SDK doesn't just tell you what's wrong with your app, gives you recommendations for how to fix the issues. This means you can spend less time diagnosing problems and more time improving your app's performance. So if you're a mobile developer looking to take your app to the next level, head over to Embrace and check out their new Flutter SDK. You'll gain valuable insights into your app's performance and be able to make data-driven decisions to improve your app's user experience. Visit get.embrace.io forward slash FHF forward slash to learn more about their Flutter SDK and sign up for their free trial today to elevate your app's performance to new heights. Hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Today I'm with Marcin Robloski, who is a senior developer over at Monterey. Welcome, Marcin. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Hello, viewers, and thank you for having me. You should say hello, colleagues, as we have so many of your colleagues, I think, watching the live stream. Might be, yeah. Thank you for joining. Uh, yeah, of course, we have our favorite Matilda just, just said hello in the chat. Yeah, Matilda, I believe, was the one who reached out to me on Twitter to see if uh, we can get somebody on to talk about uh, how you guys are using Flutter. <laughs> now, you are working on Flutter apps, is that every day, or, or how, how about how's your involvement with Flutter exactly? Yes, so um, that we have a team that is dedicated to Flutter uh, in Montreal. We are also doing other cross-platform develop development platforms, uh, but I am specifically um, in Flutter and also in the open source community. So I'm involved in there. And, yeah. Sorry, for the open source part, are you, is uh, Montreal actually contributing to open source or is it just yourself and your free time? Indirectly, because when I am on the bench, uh, I, I am free to uh, develop my projects. So the projects that I am um, maintaining, those are in the shape that they, they are right now, uh, just because Monterey gave me time whenever it was, uh, it was necessary to polish the documentation, for example, or uh, add features that was yeah, missing or, or not planned at the beginning. So indirectly, yeah. Of course, the, the template is also open source, but this is not like very big project. It's just a set of our opinions uh, grouped into, into one template. But I guess we'll talk in length about this in the, in the near future. So I won't start on this. Before we get to the main topic, right? Um, I mean, how long have you been developing for and has all the time been, been in Flutter? Um, so I saw Flutter, I think, on the initial wave on the big marketing campaign that they, that they went for. So just before the first stable release, I, I got caught in, in one of their advertisements. Um, I built a few um, applications just to test this out, uh, just to check how actually um, similar Dart is to JavaScript, for example, and, and TypeScript, which I had um, experienced previous, previously. So yeah, it was around that time. I'm not sure. It's three years now, uh, or something like this. Two, maybe. I'm not sure. But it's it's from the stable, stable uh, release. But what were you doing before you were working on Flutter? Uh, I was doing native um, Android apps uh, with Java, not with Kotlin. So um, actually, yeah, very very old times. And just before Flutter, I switched to web, so to JavaScript and TypeScript on both and front end and then back and side. Now, uh, the reason you got into Flutter exactly was that because of some project work that happened over at Monorail or what happened? Um, actually, no, it was before I was working in Monterey. So um, we had to create an application and the first idea was to make this native, but because of the team size, uh, it was problematic to maintain two separate applications, two separate code bases. So I started digging around and um, looking through options. And PWA was nice, but not fitting us enough. Um, Ionic was also nice, but yeah, we had some um, requirements that, that crossed us out. And React Native I found problematic 
And so uh, I guess I would be doing React Native because it was more established back then. And Flutter was at the stage that I was uh, looking into this more like experimental. Uh, I know that what Google builds is, uh, and they, something is stable, uh, that probably means that it's very stable and very well tested, but still it wasn't established on the market as is. Uh, it's just React Native um, initial guide failed to run on my device, and then I switched to Flutter and it worked. So um, just as, as the guide said. So um, that's why uh, we picked Flutter, uh, because of the then uh, it was just targeting iOS and Android, but uh, web, or maybe um, I know that web wasn't planned as the first extension, it was desktop, uh, but then by community-driven effort, we switched to, to web. So uh, we had this um, horizon that uh, more and more platforms would be coming to Flutter. So yeah, that was the reasoning. Now, when you first booted up, I mean, did you feel in awe about how well it worked? Because that's kind of usually my first processes, my first thought processes. I mean, if you played around, you said you played around with React Native. React Native was such a, a mess for me. Like, it just couldn't get it to work. And when it did work, it worked fine. And then when you go to upgrade one package, everything breaks. That was my experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the approach. Uh, it's very different from Flutter and, and React Native. So Flutter, I, I mean, built by Google, so uh, it inherits by default some behavior when it comes to developing preferable frameworks. Uh, Google likes to provide a full package uh, like it does for Flutter. So, for example, Lintig is included, right? Uh, you have um, uh, analyzer of the code included into Dart. Uh, you have testing framework that is included with the um, UI framework. So um, this is not the case for React Native. Uh, you have to mix and match um, your solutions, which is nice. I, I'm not saying that this is a bad approach, uh, but the problem is that it's not as easy, for example, to switch projects um, because before you can even you know, take on another project, you have to learn probably a new tool for debugging or for something like uh, testing, for example. There are a few competing uh, frameworks for this too in React Native from what I see uh, because we I, i'm still looking there to uh, to see what what competition is doing let's say uh, competition um but yeah that's the the, the approach I, I see benefits of both but I, I just like that you can download flutter it will work most probably uh, if it installs it it then works and also updates are not as troublesome so yeah that's the, the general vibe that it, it just works the, the minus might be that if the solution is not fitting you enough, so if you find something missing and uh, Google is maintaining this, it might take a while before they ship this. Um, because for Flutter, it, um, it's quality over features, so they tend to be slow with new features. But still, I don't for the, at this point I, I don't see anything missing. So yeah, I was just thinking: is there really any features that you think we're missing? I feel like we have so much stuff already. Just one, but this is um, also fixed by the community itself. So um, for the testing framework, um, there is integration test framework with Flutter. The problem is that it only has access to whatever happens in the application, right? Not on the native side. And there's Patrol, for example, that fixes this and other um, testing frameworks that are fixing this issue. Uh, but Flutter doesn't come bundled with this solution. So for example, whenever you have to test something that includes, let's say, native system permission banner uh, to, um, I don't know, um, approve the location uh, permission or approve the um, notification permission. You can't do this uh, with plain Flutter. You have to work around something in there. But yeah, there, this is fixed already with community effort. So. What's the name of this community plugin? I, I've never heard of this. It's Podroll. I know the developers behind this, so I might be a bit biased about this. Uh, I am using this uh, in, in, in my project because of the um, permissions dialogues mainly. Uh, it can do much more. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a um, project is a part, uh, or at least the developers that are developing this uh, are joining uh, Flutter Silesia uh, meetings, so uh, meetups. Uh, that I also participate in. So uh, that's how I got to know about this. But yeah, that's the problem that I encountered just after I learned about the solution because it wasn't a problem for me at the beginning. But if you app matures enough, it's not, uh, it's problematic just to stay within 
a flutter whenever you will have some web view that you have to manage or whatever at some point so uh, that's my solution for this yeah that's interesting I, I didn't even think about that i because i kind of just accepted that sometimes you have these weird issues yeah i mean <laughs> that was my approach <laughs> but then it, i figured that this is doable uh, with a bit of a community effort so yeah, it's just, I, but as you can see, it's a very specific example, what's missing, uh, any general issues. I don't see any, any glaring issues that are now um, Flutter, that Flutter is struggling now with. So. Well, I mean, there there is some stuff too. We had a previous guest on that talked about um, if you're running a desktop app that surprisingly there's no uh, life cycle hooks. Oh, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. But that, obviously it's specific to them, but I thought that's a little bit surprising because obviously we have those for iOS and Android, but we don't have those for uh, desktop, which is kind of surprising because most people like to use a laptop. You know, if you close your laptop, open it back up, you may want to refresh the data on the page. Yeah, exactly. So even it would be nice to to know that the window is, for example, hidden, right? Uh, so we are not, not having to update data regularly. Yeah, interesting. So... Yeah, that that's also a really good one too. Yeah, if it's, it's if it's backgrounded, right, that could be interesting. Yeah, this is what I am also using this this for. So obvious obvious issue, but yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I mean, you've you've been working with with Android for some time, and you move over to Flutter. How was your thoughts? Where you're like, this is easier. Where you're like, this is too weird. Or you know, what, what was the thought process? So, um, actually, I really liked the stateful um, refresh. So um, you can do the changes and then you see this. It's so obvious now that whenever I go to develop something on the native side, it's just problematic to me uh, that I have to rebuild the application. There is a way uh, in Gradle to um, hot swap uh, some things. So they are trying to do this, but I see um, that it fails after some of those refreshes. So uh, it's just not convenient. Uh, there, but they are trying to do the same. So the, the first issue is that um, I really like the language. So um, previously I was working in Java. So Java is very verbose in uh, whatever you are trying to do. Uh, that was concise, but still JavaScript-like. So um, it was the combination that I liked. So you have types still, you have the um, generics and the type system benefits, but still it's very um, elastic when it comes to syntax, for example. Uh, like JavaScript is. It's not as elastic because you have the types that you have to um, accommodate for. I mean, you can do dynamic, but please don't, if you don't have to. Um, so. I was going to say, you could use the, the magical DYN to get through some of these issues. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the, the main appeal, uh, other than, of course, having one code base to, to develop stuff. Uh, the, the other thing is that the tooling on the native side is much older, so it's problematic for them to establish you know to, to copy even uh, what we have in, in flutter right now because of the architecture that is you, you can't change this easily without breaking applications that are already live yeah I, I think there's I mean I believe the the way some of the uh, implementation part works right so you know like the implements in Java I don't think we have something like that you just have to extend right I don't think there's any way to ever implement something um, yeah and also we have mixings, so um, there's now direct direct um, implementations, but this is also, this might be a good thing. Have you taken a look at Dart 3 yet? Yes, a bit. Uh, when the when the big event was happening, I was following. Uh, it was, the amount of content was overwhelming, but uh, after yeah, a few weeks, I caught up with this. So pattern matching is something that is definitely very welcome. Uh, I am yeah. I, I just saw the proposal, and I already see how much lines I would save in my projects uh, when this would be already available. So curious about what you think about pattern matching because that's a very functional type of thing. It's not really Java, although Java is trying to be more functional, which is interesting. Yeah, the, the functional programming is like new OOP. I wouldn't replace this because it's tricky to do um, just plain functional programming, but the principles are very nice and it's easier to not make mistakes uh, like with OOB. Um, so yeah, that's that's. I, I don't have anything against functional programming. It might be kind of tricky for beginners to comprehend what's happening, uh, um, but this is the case for any technology or for any language that is mature enough uh, that is starting to, to sugar code the syntax uh, that was repeatedly um, inputted. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I'm, the reason we're going to your background is because I want to start to kind of set the tone about who you are, right? So you mentioned that you also have some uh, OSS work, some open source work you're working on. Um, particularly, you have a bunch of packages on pub.dev, right? So do you mind to kind of go through those and talk about what they are and what they could be useful for? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So um, um, the, the most popular one is floating, I think. It's only for, for Android. And um, it enables picture-in-picture -picture mode uh, for, for Android. So um, you can shrink your application and then it floats. So and the usage is as uh, for the, the most common usage is, for example, for YouTube or for any video app. And uh, that whenever you leave the application and the video is still playing, you are just shrinking the application. So the video is still playing or you can listen to music or whatever uh, without um, dealing with the, the background killing of the system. Um, but also uh, Google Maps are doing something like this too. So whenever you are in the navigation and you want to check something, it shrinks. So that's the idea. It's sadly not possible for iOS. Uh, iOS have something um, similar for video, but this is uh, this works only for specific widgets, native widgets, uh, or views, like they call them. Uh, so it's not uh, possible in this form for iOS. So yeah, but still, um, it's very very popular for me at least at, at my level. Uh, it's yeah, around 100 likes, which I gather is a big number. And also a few uh, community-driven tutorials pop up on YouTube. So I guess uh, it was something that they found interesting. Um, so yeah, that's the most um, interesting one. Um, there's something, because we are working with blog, for example, also in the template, uh, we picked blog. So there's a something. Um, that helps with that, uh, with throttling and, and doing some stuff. Because when, in block, you can use streams. I mean, it uses streams internally, uh, and you can benefit from this. So for example, whenever you don't want to update the data or the views or whatever, you don't want to do this at each trigger, um, you can do um, reactive extensions on your streams. And uh, this package is doing this very easy. So. Uh, you are just providing how often you want the data to be refreshed. And yeah, basically this is also very small when you go to the, uh, it's like, I don't know, uh, less than a hundred lines of code. And mainly it's uh, those lines are comments uh, because I am using getting started there. And it's just a also shortening of uh, whatever you can do already with Eric start directly. It's just, I think, a bit nicer to work with, uh, a bit clearer to comprehend. And there's also the adopted um, package uh, and for image cropping. So the original author did a great job of doing um, this base, uh, but then not like abandoned because um, when something is breaking with new flutters, um, flutter versions, um, they fix this, uh, but also they don't do new features or updates uh, like convenient updates. So I adopted the package and uh, uh, do, did some um, updates myself, basically. Um, yeah. And there are a few more, I think, <laughs> but I don't remember, to be honest. One is, um, well, like an experiment with SurrealDB. So uh, it's a port of whatever was available for JavaScript. Um, it, uh, it was the, the um, humbling experience for me. Uh, because since Dart and JavaScript are very similar, I thought it would be easy. Uh, but the way that um, it's written in JavaScript uh, was, yeah, completely crazy. Uh, so I had to rewrite more than I expected uh, for for this. But still, um, a few users also tried to uh, work with this in Flutter. And yeah, I just want to state for clarity that this is experimental and I didn't make an update since I wrote this. I hope it works still because not many updates uh, were, was done to the backend from what I see. Um, but yeah, we'll see um, if the official package is coming too because they have plans for this, but um, it's not, not yet available. I'm really interested in this floating one, right? Because that reminds me of, uh, I know a long time ago, you had like these floating bubbles for uh, Facebook Messenger, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could probably use it to do something similar or no? Um, actually, no. Uh, Android has something 
um, else for this, but this is um, problematic because you are not in control of this. Um, Android is trying to do this automatically whenever you have a specific notification type, uh, so you can communicate with this. Um, but there are creative ways of viewing picture-in-picture -picture, since this is a full application uh, that you can run. There's no limitations of your, what you can do. The only limitation is that you know it's small. Um, so there are games, for example. Uh, I see. Uh, I, I saw the. Uh, it wasn't using floating, I believe, uh, but I saw, for example, a game that you are, you know, like Tamagotchi or whatever. You are taking care of your, of your virtual pet, and you can bring uh, bring the pet with you uh, with this picture-in-picture, -picture, right? So it's just yeah, the, the possibilities are endless with this one. So I'm just waiting for more and more of those. Well, I mean, it would be cool if you can somehow make this work on iOS, but I think it's probably more restrictive on what you can run. That's why this package is not available there, right? Yes. For um, for iOS, it's only video and only the specific UI view that you have to have. So that's the problematic part. I mean, I, I thought about what you can do because potentially you could you know, somehow render the video of whatever is happening in the application and then pretend that this is the video that you want to play in picture-in-picture. Um, but I don't think it will work this way. So that's the, the problematic part. Yeah, and also it's no, there's no guarantee that it, that it will actually work as expected. And people actually want that, et cetera, right? Yeah, because I use that feature all the time on my iPad, just, but it's just for videos, right? And I'm happy with that. Um, I already had some requests about this, so I, I tried to politely decline. Uh, that yeah, not stating that this is impossible because then someone will came and <laughs> and prove that it's that it is possible actually. Um, but yeah, uh, I also find annoying um, sometimes that um, the the package is not available at least for iOS and Android because this is the base that I find useful. Uh, but still, for native APK, it's it's nice that um, I could take on this right. So uh, we already have. So many plugins for the native stuff uh, that is work that are working for um, many um, platforms. So uh, they are providing the common API for common things uh, that we can, you know, uh, as open source community, just dig in to this specific Android API, and I can provide you package for this specific thing that is not available for uh, for iOS at least not in this form. Right? There are many more. Uh, like for example, uh, you can also um, a new thing uh, with Chrome is that you can not only open a tab in Chrome, uh, but the new thing is that you can open a bottom sheet uh, with your application. And there's also a special API for this. And I saw that also there are projects that are doing this, right? So very niche approach, a very niche example that is available only for Android. And it's also developed because so many plugins are there already that you can uh, dig in into those specifics. And, and reach the environment. Yeah, yeah. these uh, platform-specific things are really annoying after some time. Yeah. So yeah, you have. If I am on Android, then do stuff. And but, yeah, without comments often. Uh, so that's the, on, on the developers to explain why we are not doing this for specific platform. Uh, it would be it would be nice, but still. And some kind of workaround or, yeah, or some kind of way to still have some kind of experience for people who don't have Android, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you guys have had to deal with a lot of these multi-platform kind of applications, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, because I see that there's a, uh, you guys released a guide called Guide to uh, Cross-Platform Development. Yes. Now, what exactly is in this book? Um, because um, we are talking about Flutter because we are on flying high with Flutter. Uh, but we are having many teams, and also we are doing React Native uh, and Ionic. So the guide um, tries to explain um, what's best for, for which uh, application, for which platform, and yeah, kind of guide you through the, the world of what even cross-platform is, what does it mean, what are shortcomings of the available um, um, technologies, so we can pick the best one for your project. Um, basically this. So a, a set of helpful information that we gathered uh, throughout our experience. So so what is some basic information we can take from the book? Do you have any examples? Um, what I specified already. <laughs> so I don't want to spoil this for you. So I, I don't want to go, go through the book. 
but um, yeah, basically um, a, a set of um, maybe um, guides that you can take what technology is the best for you. We still recommend reaching out to us to get the most of this because we are doing stuff like workshops, for example, that can help you with when you have an idea for an application, you can even see a need in the market. Um, but we can still, with our business analysis, help you um, pick the best technology. So that's one point uh, because you might have heard about one, but uh, we can actually help you to understand if you need this specific technology, there are better ones fitted for your needs. Um, and also um, how to um, make whatever you want the easiest and how to target your audience uh, with, with this. So, uh, yeah, the book is thorough on this. We also have a big blog about stuff like this with links uh, to other resources. So uh, our blog and the book uh, is a great resource to learn about cross-platform, but also more. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to leave a link to the book in the, in the show notes. People can check it out. Uh, also, it's kind of interesting that there's a story about an internal desk booking application that you guys worked on. Can you mind to give some history about that? Yeah. So actually, because of this app, uh, because of the initial implementation of this, uh, I, I got a job at Monterey because it was the internal evaluation of the um, of the technology. So they started with, um, I mean, they had the team of React Native developers prior to this. And those, um, um, I mean... They saw, so the, the, the higher ups saw that Flutter is a big thing. It's not um, anymore something like, you know, a new competitor um, that is just doing first steps in the uh, market of cross-platform, cross but it was getting bigger. Um, but still, they wanted to check if this is actually doable um, to, to build a full application, full functional application with this. So um, a, a bunch of... Um, Interested developers from other technologies went through and uh, built a first um, Odra application. So this is um, Office Desk Reservation App, which is also an, um, a, a, the acronym is um, Odra, which is a river in Wrocław when the HQ is um, placed. So a pun, uh, basically, a very elaborate one. Um, yeah, so it was the first. Um, project uh, with Flutter, and then we used um, the code or the idea, because th this wasn't released actually, uh, the, the first implementation, then when the Flutter team was, the, the initial Flutter team was um, employed, uh, we used this opportunity to rewrite, the because the idea was clear and we knew what we would want to build, but we had to pick our tools, right, um, and as also as a team building exercise, let's say. Uh, to pick whatever fits our experience and our um, preferences best. So we started writing um, the new implementation of Odra with the same feature set. Um, yeah, so basically that's the, the story. Uh, it's for booking desks, so nothing special, but also we wanted to make this um, make the most out of Flutter, and Flutter is known for um, the animations, right, uh, for, for being battery smooth. Uh, so we plugged in um, lots of those uh, interesting uh, animations, but also explicit ones whenever necessary. And um, the funny thing about this was that um, we um, initially we targeted um, Android and iOS, uh, so it, our target platforms. Uh, web was around, but we didn't plan on releasing this uh, to the web because of you know uh, it's very different um, platform to use. Um, and also it's very, it's easier to exploit, for example, because you have access to all of the developer tools that are at your fingertips. It's not, uh, you can do also stuff like this in uh, mobile applications, but you have to be more creative, more experienced. And um, since this was the internal project, we didn't really knew, want to, to make this, for example, publicly available and, and to, to mess around with. Um, but actually, the problem was that iOS um, or App Store didn't want us into the store uh, with this because they, yeah, it was a hyper-local solution for employees of specific company, which wasn't actually true uh, because it was also for contractors or, or whoever will be joining us. So there are apps that are doing this too. Um, but yeah, in the end, we didn't agree on, on being led into the store. So um, then we pivot to the web, right? 
So it was actually unexpected that we did this for uh, the web uh, after all. Uh, but once we did, it turned out to be the most popular platform uh, for the application. So uh, it's just by accident. Uh, we figured that actually Flutter is very viable for web platform uh, as, I, as the web um, framework. Uh, it's just, you know, there are some weird things uh, with the web uh, support for Flutter. So that was kind of problematic. Um, and also as user of uh, the website, you can go uh, to whatever link you wish uh, without um, developer um, explicit um, uh, explicit agree, uh, which is not the case if you don't enable deep linking for, uh, for the native platforms. So we had to do some adjustments, but still uh, by accident, we, we figured that actually uh, the web support, even though clunky, because the, the canvas is kind of clunky still, uh, is very viable whenever you have something to deliver. Uh, if you have an interactive application that you want to deliver, because if this is full of content, that's probably not the best approach. Uh, you shouldn't have your content rendered on a canvas because then uh, SEO doesn't work at all. Uh, but for the, the application that is um, very um, animated or you don't have to have SEO because you are linking uh, from other services, uh, it should be should be fine. And also it's working very nice. Yeah, that's interesting how it wasn't, it you know, web was kind of an afterthought and then it came out being that's the only way to be able to actually use the app, right? It, and, and now, like, you're still working on the app or it's kind of just... Uh, we released this uh, because we then were, was on the initial bench, let's say. We were looking for projects. We had some, but um, uh, in the in the meantime, we, we were building this. And now it's feature complete. So whatever we wanted to be there, so what was necessary is there. Um, whenever we have time, we are jumping in to, to do some adjustments that were reported by uh, by the employees, let's say, by the users. And there are plenty because, yeah. Everybody's using it. We, the, the users are very technical, as you may understand. Uh, so they are seeing little things that we can adjust. So we are doing some updates, but not big ones. So, um, yeah. It's... You're only doing updates for the web, right? You're not touching iOS, Android anymore, right? Uh, we are also updating Android too. Yeah, because for Android, we still have some users. So um, uh, we, we because we are lit into Google Play, so we are also doing this. Um, there are... Yeah, so the native is still living. It's just not for iOS because they didn't want us there. Um, yeah, so not only web, but still, yeah, web user. After building all these different apps in Flutter, right? Uh, then I'm, I suppose this is where Monta, 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 Monterey. I don't know why I always get this, bro. <laughs> Monterey. So, so Monta. I get confused which one's which, right? Because the names are so so similar. So Monta Way is the type of template, right? Or that's the name of the company now. Monterey is the name of company, and Monte Way is um, it's not only our template for Flutter, but also many more templates for other technologies too. Okay, so Monterey made Monta Way for their apps, right? Yes, exactly. So just to um, have this common starting point to start projects because we are starting projects often. So to have a, you know, to not figure out each time which state management we would like to use. Uh, we battle tested whatever we uh, decided on with Odra and then created a, a template based off of this. So based off our experience with this one. Now, now, do you mind to kind of uh, talk about like the, the start of this? What was the history? Like what, why... Why and when did you guys start to look at having some kind of templated uh, setup? Yeah, yeah. So um, because um, one thing, because we um, as developers, we are very, we tend to do um, or at least put a lot of effort to pick our tools. And then we are very attached to this. So there are always, whenever the team gets bigger, there's always some um, discrepancies between the tools that we are using. Uh, even when Flutter is delivering most of them, uh, so we don't have to pick them. It's still um, necessary to, to pick some of them. So that's why we decided to create a template of uh, what we see as a basic minimum to make the application work correctly. Um, 
And yeah, we explained this also in the, so um, for f further arguments, for future arguments, we explained our choices in the documentation, in the readme. So it's a lengthy readme, uh, but it's very valuable to read through those. So to see our reasoning, why we picked what we picked, for example. Um, yeah, they like the, the block one, the block one is very, uh, block statement management is kind of controversial because it's very bureaucratic in whatever, uh, you want to do there, right? Uh, there's uh, a bit of boilerplate. We also have um, our own uh, v VS Code extension for this specific um, reason, because we have some snippets there that we can install. So um, as you can see, because we, yeah, if, if there's, I need to create a snippet tool, uh, that probably means um, there's a lot of boilerplate that you have to write. Um, but the, the benefits of this um, block approach are so nice, are so severe that we wanted to to have a block, for example, and we uh, are explaining in the in the documentation why we picked this one. I'm curious about the which which ones did, which uh, state management solutions did you actually take a look at? Obviously, block was one. I suppose Riverpod must be another, right? Um, actually, it was provider. Um, Riverpod was somewhere because uh, it was already a thing because the the template itself is quite old. Um, I mean, it's a year old at least. Um, so the, the market there, because Flutter is growing fast and the community is growing fast, it was very different back then. Uh, so provider was used, for example, for the first implementation of Odra. Um, I also had some experience with Redux because I was switching from React. So I tried to, to use Redux implementation in Flutter, uh, but it doesn't work as nice uh, without JS. Um, benefits. So whenever you have types, the Redux is not as as easy to use as you would like. And also I had some custom solution, kind of, with behavior subjects. So um, uh, with, with the functional approach. Um, yeah, so a few were tested by me. And we also, um, other team members were um, um, were used to block. So maybe I was the, the last one to use block, actually. I was interested in block, but because the bureaucracy and the um, overall documentation that was there, it was over overwhelming at the beginner at the beginning for the beginner. So that's why um, I yeah I skipped through uh, block, but then it turned out to be nice. And also the um, extensions for block in uh, the community are also great. For example, testing framework is there, uh, and this is the, the the greatest benefit that I think a block have is that as how easy it is to to test the blocks uh, with the, in isolation. So we are just putting the list of inputs and then you are expecting a list of states in the end, and this is your test, right? You don't have to bother with uh, remembering which actual um, function has to be called and in which order. You are just sending events to the box and then the box returns states. So that's the, the nice thing that we uh, wanted to achieve, the testability of the application. Yeah, I think that is, is very true. I, I love using Block. I know some people on my team, they, they started using RiverPod and I'm open to it, but because like everybody keeps saying so many good things about it and also one of my developers, he's really crazy about RiverPod. I said, okay, fine, give it a try on this app, see how it goes. Um, I asked the other developer, how does he feel? He's like, eh, it's okay. Um, so I don't know. It just seems like RiverPod is the most popular one uh, for right now. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's better than provider. So that was the the, the overall goal of Riverpod to be better than provider because provider is very appealing to the beginners because it, it looks easy. And the problem is when you have a bigger application and you want to do something that is not. Um, I mean, that is more complicated than just simply pro plugging in your provider into the tree and then using this. If your app is too big, you can just you, you just can't do this because it's not maintainable. Um, and this is what, what Riverpod fixes, but yeah. Also Riverpod um, is having some code generation built in already. So uh, that also a sign that um, a bit more code has to be written. It's just the same code, so we can automate this, uh, which is the same for block, for example. There are also plenty of code generators um, for this. So um, you are safe at compile time, for example, with some um, issues that you might have with provider. So that's my approach. Um, I still, I'm not recommending a provider, but I see the appeal and then of, of the river put too. Um, 
and also even block itself has the qubit approach, which is basically uh, the same solution then. Um, so um, I see that you might think that block is too bureaucratic, too verbose, uh, but it's also the uh, for me it's the very minimum that you have to have uh, to to make a scalable application. If you're building something nice, uh, something nice, something small that you know will be small, so a hobby project or um, just a proof of concept, it's okay to use the simpler ones like Riverbot. Um, um, but yeah, uh, in the end, I think Block is the the best one available for now with the support, not only just the implementation wise, but also the support from community and from the maintainer too. So, so you touched on state management. Uh, I know there's translation part in there too. Uh, what other kind of pieces are there that they're chosen? Uh, for example, local cache, local storage. So we are using Hive for this. Uh, we didn't uh, employ full database because um, this was also a trade-off between um, what we want to include into the um, template, but also the template is a template, right? So we don't want to overload with uh, it with solutions for applications that might not use all of the features. Uh, but I think um, sooner or later, every application will have to cache something, for example, on the disk. And so that's why Hive is um, there too. So um, you don't have to bother with serialization of the data that you are storing on the disk yourself. You can do this via Hive. Um, there's also, um, I mean, yeah, basically the caching one. We also picked um, Dio there, uh, I think. At least we are ready with Dio. So uh, the one reason for using Hive there was that it already have caching layer ready for Dio. Um, so we don't have to, you know, make this, for example, bridge ourselves. We can use just one plugin for Dio to store uh, the, the the information with Hive automatically whenever we we uh, wish so. So just just those three pieces. So you have uh, state management. You have. Are you going to look it up? <laughs> um, yeah. Other other thing um, to not. Uh, yeah. Other thing is that we also tested this with our own projects. So it's not only um, that we are using this in you know our company projects, but also in private ones. I started two projects from this too. So um, um, I know that it works and I'm just used to this and it, it's ergonomic to use. Uh, I know that other developers did so too. So uh, yeah, basically, basically this. Uh, we also have some opinions on routing. Um, so this is also, uh, this is another thing that is provided by Flutter, um, but it doesn't have um, that much strength, I think. Uh, it doesn't cover everything that we would like sometimes, like a more um, a nested navigators. I mean, with Navigator 2.0, it, it changed. Uh, it, it got more um, verbose because the first Navigator was very lacking in features. And was very basic, but the second one is is um, better. But since there's plenty of um, of boilerplate with routing too, uh, we opted for auto route. Um, so it automatically generates the the router for you. You just have to declaratively specify what you want your route to be, and um, which route is which widget, and then you can yeah do uh, the code generation, and it automatically links the, the things together. So we have this too. Um, yeah, um, linting and formatting. So this is also controversial. Which rules you are using um, with Flutter free? I think it arrived. Uh, it got more more strict. So by default, Flutter lints uh, got more strict about some features. Um, but um, yeah, we picked this one as is without adding anything new uh, to not be, become. Um, I mean to stay elastic with the new features, for example, so we don't have to update our linter whenever something new comes in to Dart. Um, so uh, we picked the, the default linter, but still we have to configure this too. So we, we did this. Um, you mentioned internalization, but this is actually just um, fetched from the skeleton project uh, that you can also spawn whenever you want uh, with Flutter uh, basic template. And the big thing that, um, is often omitted or problematic in the future. Uh, when you start your application, you are doing this probably in um, staging or development mode, right? So whenever you have services that are connecting to something, you um, will have this connected to um, your testing environment, staging environment. 
but when it comes to production, you have to switch those, right? So there are plenty of approaches um, um, how to do this. Uh, the old one is to use flavors. Um, but the problem with flavors is that those doesn't work well with web. I'm not sure about um, the um, platforms for desktop because we are not supporting this. This is um, possible to support, but we didn't include this in the initial um, template. Um, so um, we are using um, Dart Define for this with some um, with some additions to make those uh, variables that we are specifying with Flutter command uh, to make those available also for the native side. So whenever you have a key that you have to swap based on your environment that we are building for, um, or I don't know, um, if you would like to switch a, a API endpoint based off of this, you can do so uh, with Dart Define. And we have examples how to do this. Um, we have some setup, basic setup for App Center, which is actually interesting because App Center doesn't support Flutter out of the box, uh, but they do support um, native builds for iOS and Android. So uh, we are configuring um, the native builds with um, um, step that downloads Flutter uh, as the pre um, prerequisite for, for building the application. And we are beginning with this. Uh, so uh, we are using App Center. And yeah, you can look up how to do this because there are plenty of document of um, articles how to do this, but those are outdated uh, as, I've, as we found. And so some adjustments were made and you can look up how we do, how we do things there. And when it comes to CI, we're also having some uh, workflows um, that are predefined for you um, to lean, for example, automatically with a, whichever, whenever you are creating a new PR, you can do so. Um, with automatic tests, right? So we are not allowed to merge without uh, testing pass, for example, or um, basically linting pass. Um, also, another opinion that we have is uh, Sentry. So there are plenty of services that are doing what Sentry does. So gathering the error messages and error reports. Um, and we are using Sentry, so this is already included into template too. Um, yeah, and other let's say housekeeping stuff like ADR. So this is our decision log, why we picked this or why we switched away from something. So we are not making the same mistakes in the future um, because yeah, um, the project starts, uh, you picked one solution then it turned out to be not okay. Uh, you are switching to something, uh, but after a few months you may, or the team might even change completely and they will figure, okay, so let's switch to something else and they will go back to the a solution that was problematic, but they didn't knew why. Um, and yeah, to not to avoid those switching, we have ADR. So even for the template, we have some decisions that were described there and why we switched uh, from one to, to another. Um, change log, so this is just a file, but it's nice to have um, already in the repository. So we can um, easily update our users with whatever changed. And there are automatically generate, uh, generated release notes, but this is yeah always um, those contain information that you might not want to include um, uh, with your private project. So the changelog is there to to inform other users and other developers on the progress, right, and the dates whenever something was introduced to the project in the high level. Um, yeah, setup for VS Code, but this is what I mentioned already. So we have uh, a, a plugin and also some steps how to set up um, the environment to work with this specific um, template. Yeah. I think I, I mentioned everything. There's about something about testing, but this is mainly um, because integration the framework is not, I mean, it's included in the SDK, but it's not by default included into the application. You have to do the step um, automatically, manually. And uh, we, since we are adding um, those tests anyway, we figured why not just make this into the template already as a dependency. Now, you did kind of touch a little bit on this. I think I heard um, where like if you decide to swap out one of these components, let's say that block is dead for some reason, hopefully not someday. But mm -hmm. if you decide to use Saber for pod or there's some other new thing that uh, you decide is much better for your style. Uh, what would be the process if somebody wanted to upgrade their app to kind of still follow the Monta the Monta way? 
Um, so the template, um, it's not just the template. There are examples of usage that we are expecting you to follow, right? Uh, because one thing is the having the technology and then the second thing is how to use the technology. So we have the example up in there that stores some data, for example, and uses stage management, of course. And if we would have to switch the plugin uh, for state management, let's say, um, the steps that were be necessary for migration will be stated in the commit um, history because we will have to go through this process and this would be like a migration guide for whoever um, started with our template and then find themselves with a situation that they have to switch because the project is not longer maintained. So that would be our, our approach. There's sadly no magic solution for this. Uh, whenever, uh, I mean, it would be maybe easier for, for example, Hive to replace Hive because it's just storing data and it might be easier to, to replace this. But when it comes to something like um, state management, it's just too big of, of, of a part of the architecture to easily swap out. So we will provide a guide because we will have to figure out how to change this. Um, but still, you will have to do this on your own to follow the steps that we did. Uh, in the in the template. Now, have you thought about distributing the app using a brick instead, rather than using um, this kind of style of kind of cloning the project? Um, yes, but also um, very early we decided not to. Uh, it would be um, at, at the yeah after some time. Uh, it looks like it would be um, nice to have. So uh, we have this um, steps whenever you are cloning the template to make the template actually fit your project. You will have to replace some stuff like um, bundle ID, app name, for example. And so we have those steps stated there. And with Brick, it would be more automatic. So you don't have to make the changes manually, but it would be possible to, to make them um, when you are using the Brick. Uh, but we decided not to, uh, not to tie ourselves with another tool uh, that we were not very much um, accustomed to. So that's why it's just a simple template and also uh, another reason was that it's not every day that we are creating those projects. So the steps that you have to take uh, that, that those are currently manual um, are, you know, um, you can automate them, but the effort required to automate them might be too big uh, to, uh, to make this valuable, right? Uh, so we consider this, but yeah. We, we haven't opted for this. Maybe in the future, because it looks like Mason is here to stay. So uh, it's yeah more established that it was when we built this. The decision would be different now, maybe. I mean, it seems like a pretty good good template to begin with. I mean, is there any plans to 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 add more features or to um, change something out? Like what's going on right now with it? Um, right now we are supporting this. So um, whenever something an update comes out, we are trying to um, uh, to keep the the template up to date. And the latest latest change that was breaking, kind of, uh, or at least deprecating some stuff that we were using um, for blog, uh, was already applied in this manner. So uh, we are now supporting this, right? We are not trying to make this a default template for everyone in the Flutter community because this is very opinionated and it, uh, it fits our needs. It might fit yours uh, if you are familiar with Block, for example, and um, you have this robust um, application that you will be building and you see benefits of those solutions that we picked. Um, so the plan is to maintain this um, as is, not add new features because there are already plenty, um, I think, to not make this too big of a template. So uh, whenever you clone the project, you will have to get rid of something from the list that um, that we from the list of features that we input to there. Uh, that's a that's a good point you just brought up to my mind. Is like, is there people who are outside of the company who are actually using it or contributing back? Um, we haven't got contributions back. Uh, and I don't know um, actually if anybody else. I know that we internally for projects not for directly for the company we used this. So for our personal projects, uh, the developers within company um, used this, and we had some feedback about this from the internal sources. Um, what to change, what to fix, uh, what doesn't work, for example, after Flutter updated. Um, so yeah. Uh, 
from the outside world, not yet, but we are waiting for this. I also described our um, and created an um, example application on our blog. Um, so there's also the, the full reasoning of why we picked something and why we picked the feature set that we have right now in the application, in the template, um, and not more uh, or less. Um, yeah, so it's, it's specified there too. So maybe we get some traction because it, it would be nice to battle test this even further, even though we have a few projects that are running well with this and scale well, it would be nice to have a outside confirmation that it also works for others. But for now, we are also happy and very happy that it works for you, uh, for for us. Um, now, is it a rule that you have to use this if you're working at, at Monterey? Uh, no, it's not a rule. So uh, whenever you see like a, like a specified, um, let's say you have a proof of concept to build, um, it might be that you don't want this, right? You don't want to drag all of those uh, features with you if you are creating some, if you are testing, I don't know, SerialDB, let's say, uh, you, you, it would be problematic even to take all of this that we have right now um, and then try to test something out of this just quickly. So it's not a rule, it's just um, whenever we are trying to do this with this template, but when we see it's too much uh, or we want to use uh, every of the, uh, every features, it's it's um, completely fine to start another um, with another set of of features. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. This is looking pretty cool. I mean, I I like the idea. Uh, we we do try to keep a list internally about like which plugins we tend to use, and uh, it'd be good to actually have a kind of template that we could use, whether it's a brick or Git clone or something else. I don't know. I'm thinking would be fun and kind of good for us to have because the big issue is like you know um switching projects right so if you have a couple of developers working on a project and then some of them need to go to another project and then come back if they have the same plugins it's easy to kind of keep up with what's going on rather than change the mindset or change the the thinking process about how this stuff works and what's the best processing yeah you just have to worry about the business layer uh, and not of, of the technology. You can simply, if you figure out what you want to, uh, what the client wants to do, uh, you can apply this and not figure out how to actually make this not break uh, everything else that was built already. Yeah, this this is pretty cool. So that's why I wanted to get, you know, have you guys on. I thought it's pretty cool that you guys have this template. And, and, you, and you, the good thing is that you actually come up with a reason about why you chose what you chose. Because sometimes people just choose it and then that's it. So it's good yeah. to have a detailed reason about why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's also kind of one of the approaches. So just to pick stuff that maybe um, even it's not your um, um, not your um, opinion, but maybe the opinion of the community. So just look by numbers of, of likes or, you know, blog posts or whatever, uh, views on YouTube uh, on specific tutorials. Uh, so you just have this um, solution picked for you because uh, often the solutions are very similar and uh, the changes are in the implementation, but the idea is generally the same. Um, so yeah, it's definitely nice to have this pre-picked for you um, whenever you are starting a scalable project and you have to have something that is battle tested. So you are not testing on your client if this actually works in the future or not. Uh, so the, the established templates are something that make can help you with this. Perfect. Yeah, I like this. I mean, is is there anything else that we should know about uh, about the the Monterey or anything else we should know about Monterey before we we sign off? Because we're just about out of time. Um, yeah, just maybe quickly about Monterey. So it's not only that because we focused on the technology here, uh, but we are doing everything else. So if you have an idea for the app, uh, we can help you with the market analysis. Uh, we are doing designs. So uh, uh, um, not only implementation, uh, but also uh, the you know the part even before you are starting the designs so the workshops part uh, is is this part so we are getting the client uh, we are discussing what the client wants to build and we are trying to guide the client and understand what the client needs and also the client kind of can understand what are the shortcomings or the benefits of picking specific solution um, for this given problem uh, that they want to solve so uh, yeah, just to reiterate of what Monterey is doing, not to um, close ourselves with, with Flutter or even cross platform because we are a big company and we are trying to broaden um, the, the feature set that we, have, that we are providing to our customers.
Uh, that's that's good to know. And yeah, it's it's some some companies they focus totally on the technology like Flutter. There's quite a few out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you guys really balance out. I mean, how many people do you have actually working just on Flutter? Do you know? Uh, right now, it's a small team, very small. So it's uh, three people. Uh, we had more, uh, but through some um, rearrangements, we have we have less. Uh, it's much bigger team for React Native, for example, which um, we also tightly work with. Uh, it's twenty people uh, there. So um, yeah, um, we are also have other technologies, both backend and frontend. So um, web developers with Vue, React, and Angular. Angular, I think, it's the least popular one. Uh, and on backend, we have, for example, the Ruby on Rails is something that um, is like our core technology um, um, because we started, Monterey started as a company that provided Ruby on Rails developers uh, or development um, power. And we are still very uh, big on, on, on in this team. So, uh, yeah, it's around 200 people and, and Flutter is just a small subset of this. Okay, and with that, uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on, and uh, I'm happy that you guys are working on you know some open source stuff, but you're also contributing back to the community and offering these kinds of guides about multi-platform and um, you know a template that you guys use. So that's that's good to kind of give some feedback out there, and and uh, it's also great that you guys are focusing also on the idea phase because that's one of the hardest parts, right? Yeah. Having your idea and actually hammering out and having a real idea. And feel, yeah. You basically have thoughts. Most people have thoughts when they come to you, right? But they need to have an actual idea, more thought out, right? Exactly, yes. So this is what we want to, to do. Uh, help you build the application you want and pick the technologies because this is what we are experienced with. Okay. And with that, again, thank you for coming on and maybe we'll have you again in the future. Thank you.